0: So as another extension of new movie month, we decided to go streaming this time. Um, And we actually chose the relatively new feature on, was it Apple TV? Apple TV Plus. It is called Ghosted, and it stars Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Uh, So obviously two very popular actors these days. Um, But we also have a couple more people who uh, are in this, including Adrian uh um, Brody. Adrian Brody and a very
1: brief appearance
0: John Chow. by yeah John uh John Chow, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan indeed. So, um yeah, Ghosted all you really need to know is besides the background is that it was made for a streaming service and the number one thing that it did to draw audiences in is just have two very good-looking people on the front cover. So,
1: without further ado, can you please get into the synopsis of this? Yes, I can. Salt of the Earth, Cole, falls head over heels for enigmatic Sadie, but then makes the shocking discovery that she's a secret agent. Before they can decide on a second date, Cole and Sadie are swept away on an international adventure to save the world. Yeah, very
0: interesting. So, um, if you haven't heard this plot before in pretty much any like buddy spy comedy (laughs) or romantic spy comedy of the past 10 years, then uh, perhaps you've uh, been living under a rock. But yeah, let's talk about going into this film real quick. Okay. I, the first time I heard about this film was when it was, uh, there was a scene on social media and people were running up the, running up the steps Uh and people on social media started just, it got a lot of buzz, because it seemed like the actors weren't even on set with one another. It seemed like from the script, people were kind of saying, were they even filming with one another at all? Because it just felt so disjointed. So there was a little bit of bad press, a little bit of clowning on the movie beforehand. But then again, you know, at the same time, there's been plenty of movies that uh, people don't like that I've enjoyed. And it's supposed to be a big new 40 million budget apple tv sort of uh, movie so i was just like you know what i like these i like both of these actors well enough to go see this i don't think it's going to be amazing but we'll see what happens that
1: was kind of me going into it mm. what about you well i i think like you i saw the the tile on apple tv plus or i saw a promo for it maybe on social media and i thought oh okay well I, to your point two very attractive popular actors paired in a spy thriller, Mm -hmm. how bad can that be? Well, we will get there. But also I had heard from uh, your brother, Luke, that it was not very good. So I uh, I don't know that he watched it. I think he had just heard that it wasn't very good. And I thought once again, well, how, how bad could it be? It seems like, you know, I can watch it at home. You know how I like watching movies at home. And so I thought at one point we should watch it. And then when we were talking about new movies, um, it seemed appropriate for us since last week and the week before we went to the movies with Evil Dead Rise and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 Mm -hmm. that we would sort of pace ourselves and watch a streaming film this week before we go back to the theater next week. Yeah, absolutely. So here we are almost halfway through May and we have uh really run the gamut already in three films from horror to sci-fi adventure MCU to espionage thriller CIA comedy, comedy.
0: It, it's kind of tries to be a mixture of genres a little mission impossible a little james bond it does try doesn't it it i can't even say it does that <laughs> but uh let's let's go ahead and get into it okay um
1: well well, we first, we should first say we watched this together. We are in in the same space today. Yeah, yeah. Because of uh, because of the weekend, right. uh, I was
0: able to uh, come over today, and so we were actually able to uh, both watch it, and we didn't fall asleep despite us thinking that we would. Right, I wanted to fall asleep. I'm actually kind of surprised that we didn't. You're welcome. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a third viewer with us who was asleep for most of the ninety five percent. of Yeah. It. Uh, Actually, we had two other viewers. Yeah, three others, Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah.
1: All right. What did you think of Ghosted? Oh, what did I think of Ghosted? It is a film that tries so hard and succeeds nowhere. It is really a struggle to watch. I found it, other than the attractiveness of the two leads, um, I thought it was slow to get moving and woefully too long. It is two hours, folks, and it is just it, it, to Noah's point. It's it tries to be a comedy, it tries to be a drama, it tries to be a thriller, and I would say, as we get into spoilers, such that the such as they will be, um, most of it is just an odd combination of a lot of things, and it's almost as though at any point during the movie they say, no, you know what, this isn't working, let's make it this way. And then they get to that and they're like, "Mm, no, this isn't working, let's do it this way. And that just keeps happening until we're out of ideas and we finally get to a a finale that is far and away the highlight of the film. How's that?
0: I think that's a very apt description. Uh, Very similarly on my side, this is the worst movie that I've seen all year and uh, (laughs) in a long time, actually. (laughs) You know. It's, it's one thing to watch a movie that's so offensively bad that, you know, you just can't stop talking about it. Ghosted, unfortunately, does not even have that privilege. It's just, it's so forgettable. It could be cut to 90 minutes or less so easily. So easily. Um, two great uh, looking people who well-known actors are wasted. Um, I would actually believe in a better movie that they'd have chemistry with one another, but... The script in this movie is so wooden and the delivery from both of them is so poor, it really does make you think that they're not actually on set with one another or they're just collecting a paycheck. Whatever the case may be, I think it's very difficult to elevate a bad script, but this had that in spades. There were moments where the movie tried to be so clever, but it was just taking so much from previous movies and doing it so much worse. And I think you're very much correct that there was so much that they threw at the wall, they kind of just went with an idea and then completely pivoted to something else. Overall, this movie, just, you get nothing from it, and it hasn't done anything, uh, it it doesn't do anything that we haven't seen before. And even if there's uh, a movie like, you know, Mission Impossible or John Wick, which is, uh, you know, the sequel to many previous films, and it's very similar. Ghosted doesn't even do that well. John Wick 4, which I saw earlier this year, is, of course, you know, the most recent installment in the franchise. You would think that it would get tired by then. It's not. Uh, Ghosted is the first film of whatever it intends to be and is just such a tired take on so many terrible genre tropes. And I just feel like, overall, there's very little you can get out of this unless you're looking for a movie to actively make fun of with
1: your friends. Um, a lot of it was just really painful to watch. Yeah. I I I,
0: cringed in many moments.
1: uh Uh-huh. Yeah. There were times I looked over at you and you looked over at me and there were times I was looking over at you and you didn't look over to me. And I thought, okay, I know even though he's not looking back, he's thinking, this is painfully, um, this is just a painful experience. I sat there thinking who directed this and who wrote the script because I don't wanna watch films uh, by them going forward. I will say that um, I'm, I've sort of Googled, is Ghosted worth watching? And this is what the, the response is. Sadly, Ghosted fares no better of an action adventure film than it does as a romantic comedy. After a point, it feels like Ghosted is trying to brainwash its audience. There is no chemistry, sexual or otherwise. And and they tried to build that up or or sort of create that in the film, but I, I want us to talk about our perspectives on these two performers because yeah. we've talked about how we we um, think they're obviously a very appealing mm-hmm. uh, duo and so did the filmmakers, right? Sure. Otherwise, they wouldn't cast them together. Yeah, of course. But uh, it just doesn't work on any level whatsoever. Yeah,
0: do you want to speak about this in general terms or go more into the spoiler category? Let's go into spoiler category. All right, spoilers. There's very little have to say. Y'all, we're not going to recommend that you watch Ghosted. No, do please do Do what you will, but uh, just go ahead and listen on. And uh, if you've heard enough about Ghosted, we're going to get into a few more things we really disliked about this movie. Mm-hmm. You've been warned, but uh, honestly, if you heard the name of this film, you've also been warned. So, um, first of all, I think it's really important to acknowledge that we like Chris Evans. Yeah. Now, I think we can both admit that he probably hasn't shown his range as an actor as much as we would, you know, like to see. And I think that he has the potential for it. But he's a likable guy who <laughs> plays one role really, really well. Otherwise, a lot of his movies haven't been as good. This film didn't do anything to sell me on him more. And I thought he was better in the, I, I thought he was better at first, but he and Anna De Armas just uh, like they. I, I think they have chemistry in terms of like a better movie, a better script, a better director. But something about this film just continued to uh, leave you wanting more from Chris Evans outside of the MCU, and also just um, from him as an actor. I, yeah. I felt like he was really just. Reading his lines without anything behind them, and I think he knew the movie was just going to be a little bit trash, but it just it seemed like it just seemed so phoned in and i I, I didn't like that the two
1: it, it it's so strange because they work well together, ish but they also don't well here's my take on chris Evans um I first saw him in the uh, original well i guess it was the original fantastic Four yeah. film he was uh, the guy with the fire. Johnny Blaze? Yeah, something like that. And I thought he was the highlight of that film. He had tons of charisma, he mm-hmm. was funny, he was full of energy. And I thought, okay, this guy's going somewhere. Sure. And, and honestly, he has gone uh, somewhere. He's, Big time. You know, he's one of the Chris's, right? That we talked about. We talked about Chris Pratt last week as among as one of the Chris's. But he's really had and has a really strong career and quite a following. Um, I've seen him better in a lot of things. Actually, I've seen him better in everything but this. (laughs) And um, I, it's interesting you said that you thought he was stronger in the beginning. I thought he was weak all along. I didn't, to your point, I didn't think he believed that, I never believed for once that he had any confidence in this film. Sure. How's that? Yeah, and I'd imagine if I were
0: an actor and at this point, if I didn't really have to work anymore after I got like a role in the MCU, I mean, they probably they probably offered they probably offered him five to ten million dollars for mm-hmm. this movie. You know, at a certain point, it's like your job is to act, but I guess you don't really have to care anymore because either way, they're going to make the film with you, right? So um, that's just how it felt. Okay. At least no confirmation of that. Um, Ana de Armas, she's getting a lot of roles recently, and mm-hmm. she's been very popular for I'd say the past four to five years or so. I appreciate her roles that i've seen her in but i just felt like she kind of had the same idea as chris evans in this and to me it made her seem like a bad actress because it's just um just the way the way the script is is just so poor i can't really blame the actors that much Mm -hmm. but i also would have liked to see a little bit more energy from them and i felt like they were just kind of there to be there.
1: Well, the opening sequence, while they're at the market and they each have their tables, oh, that that's when I knew the script was. I knew we were in for a long haul when, because the script was so bad at that point in time, and I thought, oh boy, we haven't even gotten going yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't even met Anna the Armas yet, uh, uh, or they hadn't met each mm-hmm. other as characters, and I just thought, this is going to be, this is going to be a long film. Little did I know, but I would say I don't have much of a background on Anna De Armas. I know she was up for an Oscar for I think Blonde, I think she was anyway for that Matt, uh, Marilyn Monroe portrayal. Right. But I also heard really bad things about that film and her performance in it. So it seems sort of they it's juxt, juxtaposed, right? There, people have commented on how what a terrible portrayal that is of Marilyn Monroe, but she was nominated, I believe, for an Oscar. So I don't I don't know. I haven't seen the film. I don't know what I've seen with her in it. Now, from the standpoint of is she an appealing performer? Yeah, I would say so. Um but again, I just thought she was frankly in over her head in this.
0: Yeah, she's been in quite a few films here and there. I don't think she's had too many leading leading mm-hmm. roles, but she's been an excellent supporting actress in a couple horror films, like oh. a couple uh dramas, thrillers. Um and she was also she was also in the new James Bond movie. And I think she was in it for maybe five to seven minutes. Oh, okay. But she didn't have way too much dialogue, but she did do a good job as an action star. So in this movie, that was probably the strongest aspect about it. I mm-hmm. felt like she did a believable yeah. enough she was job. Convincing enough yeah. It. Yeah,
1: I agree. The other thing I would say about this film is that ghosted is a term that, you know, is has been popular. I'm not sure how popular it still is, but it's you know, it's a term that's Used to describe okay, someone stops paying attention to you, mm-hmm. right? And so that premise I thought was going to uh, last longer, but that is literally the first thirty minutes, maybe twenty. I was gonna yeah, say. and then yeah. there's there's really no connection to that whole. So I think they use that term to draw viewers in because it made us think that this was going to be more than another spy thriller mm-hmm. or wannabe spy thriller. And then it was somewhat irrelevant. No, it was completely irrelevant. So the 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 title of the film, again, it goes back to the script, right? It has very little to do with the actual film itself.
0: Yeah, so, I agree. Um, not only that, but this movie also suffers from trying to be elevated by popular music. Gosh, um, I, can't, and I can't, folks. I can't do it. There's just so many moments where... I, underwhelming scenes really uh where there's you know a very very popular song that plays like uh you know the beatles tax man which we'll get into in a second um if i ever hear those two words together again oh my gosh yeah no kidding um and i mean what were what were some of the other songs that they had at, that they played that, uh, that they played there was it's like classic rock classic pop
1: yeah well in the um it was um uh... Heart of Glass in the uh, Heart of Glass, in the, I remember, uh, karaoke in the, scene. Exactly. Uh, at the very which end. Which was
0: probably the better song. But you know, we heard, what, three seconds of that? Mm-hmm, right. Um, either way, it kind of tries to do these slight montages with the music. And look, we already saw that in Guardians of the Galaxy, which probably does that the best overall. But still too much. It's just, it's, it's so poorly done in this film. The music does not work with what's happening on the screen. And it doesn't excite you for what you're seeing. Um, also by the same token, this movie has a huge problem with, uh, just saying the name of a certain character, Taxman, over and over and over again. And it made me wonder if that was something that they were setting out to do, but I actually doubt it was because the script was so poor in this movie. I felt like they just kind of, I, this movie, I don't think was on the nose or subtle enough in its humor in order to kind of make the Taxman character seem more silly. The problem is this film is too, is too goofy in order to understand that, you know, people aren't laughing with it, people are laughing at it. And I think it just, it goes for this goofy humor but it comes off so much goofier than it needs to be. And it doesn't do it in a knowing way. So overall, the villains, they're poor. They're a cardboard cutout of every mustache twirling, monologuing villain. Um, So many different uh, plot elements just kind of come into play. Exposition, pieces of information that need to happen as they're coming along. New characters get introduced and then subsequently just killed off out of nowhere. You don't care about any of what's going on. And it's just Almost a little bit too frantic, but even though there's so much happening throughout the movie,
1: it's very boring. They have this wannabe repartee um, between one another, and there are multiple characters whose you know cameos we've already referenced use the term, which you know is overused anyway, but get a room, and, and one after the other after the other says that and one after the other after the other is assassinated and it's just sort of like this is supposed to be funny we're supposed to believe that they have chemistry and they just don't right and it's not good folks uh, yeah and part of that is ripped off from other
0: movies oh absolutely that's none of it is original exactly um you know uh, how about the the polygraph Oh my gosh! Cringy. That was such an excuse. Yeah, this I think above all else, this movie does a really good job of just making you cringe because it thinks it's being clever in some instances, and it's just so so almost anger-inducing and how <laughs> dumb it is. Um, it's it's kind of an exercise in stupidity, but at the same time, like it's not a movie that I'll remember three days from now. It's a movie that will occasionally pop in my brain, and I'll be like, well, that was, that was kind of it. a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's not something that's so bad that I'll be talking about it for. Right. You know. Anyway. You're going to forget it by the time you get home tonight. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the best thing I can say about Ghosted is that you'll forget it's, it's over. Almost instantaneously right I'm ready to ghost this film right. and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hear what the let's see tried to be so clever there. Uh, just that like it was more movie.
1: clever than anything in the film Noah. oh
0: my gosh um, so
1: There was one thing I wanted to say um, I commented earlier about the the finale mm-hmm. which you know you sort of knew you were building toward but that was um, so the, the crux of it is is that it's in this the, the setup is that it's in this spinning restaurant at the top of a, of a building. In Washington DC, so it's fictitious, but it, sure. it appears as though the um, producers of the film went uh, used uh, an amusement park ride as sort of um, something to replicate for this. And there are restaurants. I've been to the Sundial Restaurant. I don't know if it's still there on top of the Peachtree Plaza in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it spins ever so slowly, but it gives you this beautiful view of the city mm-hmm. while you're enjoying a really nice meal. And so that's what this was supposed to be doing. And of course, what happens is that, you know, over time because of all of the the gunfighting and just the fighting in general, and they're in the control room and it speeds up and speeds up and speeds up. And then all of a sudden, of course, they're pinned against the glass windows. And um, then of course the windows break. And naturally everybody is, well, the people who are left alive are sucked out of the windows except for our hero and heroine.
0: Oh my gosh. And then, you know, it does this weird, the editing in this movie is also a little bit silly because the one guy just kind of sits there and waits for his death as something is about to yeah. crush him with the main villain of the story. Brody. Yeah, and then he's holding something in his hand, but then you kind of see Ana de Armas' character go over to him real quick. And what was that? It was like plutonium? I don't even know. It was this biochemical weapon that could destroy, like, the eastern seaboard. Mm. Do we have any explanation for it? No. No. Do we want one? No, but at the same time, it's just kind of, uh, you know, you need a little bit more from this. You don't really see what happens to the character. It's heavily implied, obviously. The thing falls and just, like, sends him out of the building. But you don't know how Ana de Armas catches it wow, he's being crushed by this thing that falls through the building. And it's just so oddly stitched together. And I noticed a couple instances of that in this movie. Um, I will say save for maybe one bus sequence, which is no better. Than,
1: oh, the bus sequence was way too long. It was. Uh, it was Remember probably the train sequence in Solo.
0: Okay, fair enough. But I feel like this was like the big action set piece mm-hmm. for uh this film. Mm-hmm even with one or two mildly enjoyable things, the effects are really cheesy. Um, It it oftentimes looks like they're filming on a green screen. Yeah, you said to me when they're on the island, and you said, does it look like they're on a set? And I said, yeah. Yeah, it's just, the film has an an odd way of presenting itself, and it's just very displeasing to the eye sometimes. But overall, um, I don't really have much good to say about this film, but it's not so bad that I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just simply not a good movie in any respect. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly uh, forgettable and I just wouldn't recommend this to anybody. No,
1: it's really whatever you are doing in life. It is much, those two hours are much more valuable than these two hours would be. Yeah. Hopefully we'd be able to save you a little bit of time with that, Yeah, but with that in mind,
0: what would you give ghosted on a one to five z scale i'm giving
1: ghosted one z one which is probably generous but i'm doing so because um i need to talk about one more thing about this film too but um because of the perform the leads Mm -hmm. um and uh, yeah again you know why Noah? because the leads are winning Really? You think that? Um, uh, not really, but okay. they tried to be winning. Okay, fair they, enough. They, even though they seem to sleep at the wheel in this film, I, I think there was enough for me to give them one Z. Because to your point, I'm not going to go back and watch this. Mm-hmm. Every time I see the tile on on Apple TV+, Plus, I'm going to say, ooh, that was awful. And then I'm going to call your brother and I'm going to say, everything you said about Ghosted, it was worse. And I'm not going to recommend it to anyone. But I'm also not going to... Have nightmares about this film. <laughs> yeah, okay. I hope not.
0: That'd be incredibly dramatic. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying. I think this film doesn't diminish my appreciation for the actors yeah, as they are, as their the reputation. It, mm-hmm. it just kind of, it, I, I think it just makes me feel like perhaps their their performance was uh, a little
1: bit disappointing. Right. So let's face it. Whatever they do next is going to be better. Uh, you can only go up from here. Um, peaks and valleys exactly so
0: Noah how about you similar to you I'm going to give it one Z simply because this is not the worst film we've watched on this podcast that goes to Cats which no, I believe so to this mind. you're kidding <laughs> get out of here um, anyway I think I gave Cats so half a what's that the diner one? movie with, uh, with Spider-Man diner movie you know diner the movie. musical oh uh, diner. I know what you're talking about uh, Andrew Garfield tick tick uh, boom ugh that, I'm, I'm still nauseous from that. Okay, okay. it, Move it along here. Anyway, um, yeah, because I gave Cats half a Z,
1: I have to give this one Z. Yeah, that, that's fair. Folks, this is far better. Far better. This is a Best Picture Oscar winner compared <laughs> to Cats. This
0: is still not an endorsement to see this movie, but it is a, if you have, I guess if, if you're in hell and you have a choice between watching Cats and this film, uh, you know what to watch. So, uh, yeah, if you're in that unlikely scenario, but
1: um, the other thing I just wanted to add about this film, and maybe it was because I did not off, I'm not sure, but weren't they in a cave of some kind in London and they emerged from the cave and they were in either Pakistan? See, that's the bad, that's
0: the bad editing. Am I right here? So, they kidnapped him under a bridge in London, yeah, the Tower Bridge. But they transported him. They like probably flew him over to Pakistan. Well, we didn't see that. Pakistan. Exactly. Oh. And then he's in a cave. And then you're like, okay, he's in an ca- underground tunnel in mm-hmm. London. But it turns out they just took him to Pakistan. But yeah. they didn't really... It was edited in such a way that it you couldn't really tell if the actual scenery location had changed. Right, 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 right. Because we know that Anna de Armas' character was in London. We didn't know that she flew all the way over there, too. Correct.
1: Yeah, all right, there you have it, folks. Uh, We're each giving this film one Z. Ghosted, don't check it out. Do not check it out. But, speaking of check it outs, I've got a really good one. What did you got? All right, Um, it's another film, Hmm? but this is a film that I watched in two settings, uh, half yesterday and half today, and it is the, uh, I think it's on Apple TV Plus too, it's the Michael J. Fox film, called still it's the documentary that he made on uh, his life story that's right because doesn't he have um parkinson's yeah, yeah the yes thyroid. and so he uh it's uh about an hour and 30 minutes or so which is you know the perfect length of time for a film but it does a wonderful job of mixing sort of um you know old footage of of him certainly making Family Ties, making Back to the Future, making all the films, The Secret of My Success, Teen Wolf, all those films that he was in. Uh, the Rise, and not, I'm not gonna say Fall, but his marriage to Tracy Pollan, who was a um, uh, an actor on Family Ties, mm-hmm. that they're still together 30 years later. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really, really well done in the moment that he woke up in a hotel room and had a tremor oh. and could see it in his hand. Uh, and how long he um, waited to reveal that to the public? Because he was 29 when he had the diagnosis. Really, 29 years old. Yeah. How
0: old was he in Back to the Future?
1: Oh, he was probably early. It was uh, well, he revealed it in '91, I think, and uh, Back to the Future came out in '85, so six years less, so 23. Wow. Yeah, in Back to the Future. So. 29. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a really, really well done. Um, it also puts. A lot of things into perspective right this was a performer at the top of his game mm. you know people loved him and he had this horrible disease to hide and how he went about doing that until he finally had to face um you know at a certain point he knew he couldn't hide it any longer and so anyway it's called still it's on apple tv plus it is essentially the michael j fox story produced uh by Michael J. Fox. All right,
0: that's a really good suggestion. Really good, well worth your time, folks. So I'm gonna go uh, more in the vein of uh, something similar that we just watched, but a better suggestion. So on Amazon Prime, Grace and I just finished a TV show, Uh, we were just talking about frustrating uh, leads with some sort of charisma here. Uh, Well, I'm also going to recommend a show to you that's much better and has better performances all around. Uh, It's called Daisy Jones and the Six. It is a story that is loosely based off of Fleetwood Mac. So it doesn't really take inspiration from real life. It's based on a book, but it does have its own liberties and the adaptation of it. Um, Really cool story because classic rock is kind of coming back in a big way with, I'd say, my generation. People a little bit younger than myself who are maybe discovering it for the Mm -hmm. first time. And Stevie Nicks slash Fleetwood Mac has become quite an aesthetic for many people that they appreciate and this tv series does a really good job of kind of exploring what it would be like to be a to be a rock star but also to have this slow but also meteoroic rise to fame and some of the implications that that can have on you and your loved ones and it's not as it's not a story that's really so hard to watch it's just a story that is so fascinating and also has some really good music along the way i think they did a really convincing job of capturing the setting and era uh and aesthetic of what it was like to be in the 70s at least to my knowledge and it does a good job of uh you know covering not just two characters but doing a solid job of including quite a cast without getting bogged down in the mix so I thought its quality was relatively consistent throughout the show. How okay. many episodes? Oh, I want to say eight or nine. Okay. Um, and I have to say, that is often not the case. Grace and I usually watch uh, TV and drop off of it because we're like, mm-hmm. this was so good in the beginning that yeah. it took a nosedive yeah, like halfway through.
1: All the time yeah.
0: yeah, but Daisy Jones and the Six, it stars Riley Keough, um, who is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley. Oh. And... Sam Claflin. Yeah, he's from... Um, Finnick from The Hunger yeah, Games. Yeah. And he was also, I believe, in some romance uh, movie called Me Before You. Yeah, with Emily uh, from um, Game of Thrones and Solo. I don't know her last name. Yeah, I think that was probably six to eight years ago. Yeah, she's a winning performer, just so you know. <laughs> well, he does an excellent job in this. And I, I, I was really impressed with um, uh, with pretty much all the cast and the story that was told. Because... While it's something that isn't necessarily groundbreakingly new, I thought it was original in its own right, and I think it did a really, really good job. So, Daisy Jones and the Six is on Amazon Prime. I may have to check it out. All right, sounds good. Okay, thanks so much for sticking with us for next week, Norm? another week. Uh, while we were trying to determine that, we're thinking or we're going go back get... to the theater. Well, after this, <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to. Um Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Obviously. We've had, well, have we had one real winner this month? Or has it been kind of,
1: you really didn't like a movie? We really didn't like no, a movie? I think mean, we each gave uh, Guardians two and a half stars, two and a half Zs. Okay. This week we're giving one, and I'm sure I gave Evil Dead Rise one to one and a half. Stars. Okay, we were split on that yeah, one. We were split on that one, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, fair enough. Uh, we're going to see if we can find something else that is uh, worth watching, but uh, we'll get back to you on that.
1: Yeah. And I just want to say thanks for watching this one um, together. Uh, and thanks for committing two hours because it you know, were a long two hours. Oh, uh, don't, don't thank me for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: that, was, that, was, that was punishment enough. So, uh, I, right. yeah, appreciate, I appreciate that you took the time as well.
1: Absolutely. All All right, right.
0: I stayed awake. Um, before we close, happy Mother's Day,
1: everyone. Yes. Until next week, I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is Easy Easy Talk. Talk.